0: Welcome to the Staffing Records podcast, where we interview leaders from high volume staffing and recruitment firms on the operations strategy and business processes that they've implemented or are implementing. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcoming to the show today, Frank Gullo. Frank, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, James.
0: Frank is based in Buffalo, New York, in the United States and is Chief Technology Officer at Alaron where he focuses on IT and technology strategy, building teams, security, and enterprise systems. Prior to his role at Alaron, Frank worked as a project manager and technology consultant for a leader in the aviation and aerospace industry. Alaron is a global workforce and business solutions company that builds relationships and empowers the workplace. You can learn more at AlleronInc.com. Now, the overarching topics that we're focused on on the podcast this quarter are data and security, automation, and artificial intelligence. Of course, artificial intelligence is very much a buzz at the moment. Everybody's talking about it. It can be quite confusing. Lots of businesses say they want to uh, implement and inject AI, but where, where do we start? Frank, can you help us understand where should staffing and recruitment businesses start when thinking about artificial intelligence?
1: Sure, James. Well, happy to have the conversation. I think it's it's very relevant to our times. And I think the first thing is AI automation augmentation existed before November 30th, 2022. And the reason I say that date is I think, look, that's when a very prominent generative AI tool debuted and really captured the imagination of the world and especially business and and those of us in in recruiting talent acquisition um, with the power and possibility of this new transformative technology. So I think since then, um, you've seen a lot of organizational focus Shift to trying to understand AI um, and, and how it could help businesses, but it's also um, engendered some new fears and concerns. So that, that's that's a, yeah. a
0: really interesting point there, actually, Frank. So um, I mean, people have been talking about AI for a long time, but absolutely much more recently, um, it's it's really been on everyone's tongues. Conversations I've had with people many times in the past. AI should automation should become automation and integration should happen before looking at artificial intelligence. It's difficult to tell sometimes, isn't it? Everyone talks about AI. H- how do we even define as a as an operations person working for a staffing or recruitment agency? How do we even know if something is just some basic automation or artificial intelligence?
1: Yeah, yeah, great question. Again, I, I think going before some of these large language models, you know, there had been many use cases within the broader HR and tech ecosystem. So learning, core HR workplace, talent acquisition, talent management. So I think, you know, to your question, you know, it goes to, you know, where do you even begin and how do you start to understand the differences? So as I was preparing for our discussion, you know, even just a few days ago, I saw there was a new global survey um, from LinkedIn, largest uh, business, social network, 29,000 people worldwide, you know, and some of the responses um, most are excited about AI, um, but they have concerns. A majority of respondents, 84%, believe AI will help with their career advancement. And then 49%, to your question, are worried that they should know more about AI than they do today. Um, so I think, you know, to, to that point, um, you know, there, there's a lot of discussion and thinking about AI. Um, a business consultant I work with, Melissa Copeland, um, said that, you know, generally what you're seeing today is people tend to frame things in two ways. Number one, what can we expect to gain from AI automation, et cetera, in terms of self-service and two, how much labor can be eliminated or repurposed, you know, in the new world. Um, so, you know, to your point where does it start? I think before you even get to what is AI, what is augmentation, you know, what is the business strategy? What problem are you trying to solve? So I think that is, is always the first case with any new technology. Um, you know, what, what are the use cases you know, in, in your organization? What is the business problem? And then what will be considered a successful um, AI investment? Um, and to that point about determining, do you, do you have people in the organization who have an understanding of AI? Do you need to hire out uh, the skill? Um, are, are there already some pilots you know that are happening in your organization whether they be chat bots um ai resume parsing generative ai for searching candidate letters job descriptions etc uh, in short you have um sanctioned or, or shadow ai um you know today
0: so 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 potentially if, if i'm working in operations at a staffing or recruitment firm and people within the business are telling me we want to uh, leverage artificial intelligence then just like any other project, I guess I, I should be going around and, and gathering requirements and finding out, well, what are, what are the problems that we're trying to solve? Where do you want to implement AI to solve what problems? And then really look at it as a prioritization as to which of those problems are biggest and what tools are then out there that that offer some kind of AI to solve those challenges?
1: Yeah, I, I think it all starts with the business strategy. And from there, you know, then you can begin to answer some of the questions. So, you know, part of AI, Um, It it covers a lot of different things. It covers, you know, large large language models. It covers uh, generative tools, but it also increasingly, um, it covers data. So do you understand the data implications organization-wide? Where is your data during AI transactions? Is it resident in your organization? Is it on the cloud? Um, Who owns and can use the data from generative output? So, again, I think shifting the question to more of these strategic, questions helps you put together the strategy instead of jumping right into the tools or vendors um, that you're using do you have the right infrastructure today Um, are do you have vendor partnerships and consultant partnerships who can help you Um, are there other ai tools integrations apis out there that are worth exploring and by the way how do you keep up with it since you know every week we're seeing you know new developments new stories new thought leadership and then what about governance, security, and privacy? I know on your podcast, you've touched into the security aspect, very interrelated, um, you know, in terms of how these things work together. And then do you need an AI policy? So Sherm, which is an organization um, within the U.S. and global, um, you know, they've had some articles about um, setting AI policy. Do you need one? Um, and it really comes down to what is the risk tolerance in your organization? Um, do you do you have a high tolerance for risk or a low tolerance for risk so that that's some of the thing to look at
0: frank for for anyone uh, anyone listening to this outside of the us um shrm won't be as well known what where can they find information on shrm
1: so they can go right to the website um that's shrm.org um shrm society of human resource management And there, and there's many other, um, you know, groups that I would recommend for further reading Can leave in the show notes that I can happy to recommend,
0: thank you. And, and then there, there are different types of AI, aren't there? So you you've talked briefly about large language models. Can you define some other types of artificial intelligence for the listeners?
1: Sure. So, you know, I think, you know, within the. H.R. and recruiting and talent acquisition space, you know, I would just I would point to some of the the common applications we've seen. So um, I think a generative AI has been what has been gathering a lot of the attention, you know, requesting information from from large language models. Um, but otherwise, within HR, you have you know, AI applications and learning from coaching to content creation, curation, social learning. Within core HR and workforce, time and attendance, payroll, employee self service, um, in talent acquisition, sourcing, screening, um, matching, scheduling, and assessments, and then in talent management, um, team development, I- employee engagement, sentiment analysis, and mobility. So, all of these will, will have different applications for AI um, that you're seeing now and, and that you're seeing you know, continue to be developed. So, what have you been
0: working on at alaron Can you share?
1: So, increasingly at Aileron, um, you know, data is is a big imperative, really, um, as all of our systems begin to modernize, um, beginning to use vendor AI models, um, using some some tools for candidate engagement, and bringing together to try to sync our systems together, and, and really use data and analytics driven by ai to empower the business gain insights that that previously individual analysts um you know working in silos or just in single systems could not work so certainly on the back office data intelligence side and also on the candidate at the of glass side um, you know looking at both applications and and, and continuing to iterate I, I think it's important to empower pilot groups within the organization to experiment and and, and have that that tolerance to to try out experiments so we're seeing a lot of that with um, low code no code process automation um, you know small tools that that connect different applications using um, that combination of AI augmentation and and automation so have have you
0: actually gone live with either ai tools that you've you've purchased off the market or anything that you've, you've built and implemented yourself
1: absolutely we've, we've used several pilots on the candidate side as well as through some of the big cloud providers that built them into their their cloud native platforms um, so you know we're continuing to invest we are um, in creating a new uh, committee within our organization that is intentionally cross-functional so it's not just i.t but it brings together the business, it brings together HR, it brings together recruitment to really look at, you know, what are all of the common applications and, and where do we need to think of next? So we're increasingly looking at what policy do we need, if any. So, you know, that that's one of the areas we're, we're focusing on today and, you know, likely we'll have our, our recommendation this fall as we continue to meet on this.
0: Well, what, what... What would you say is having the biggest impact at Aleron at the moment, or is that what you're trying to define with this committee? You
1: know, I, th- I think from a strategic perspective, data and analytics, you know, is is a strategic priority that we've cascaded down and AI has now matured that it it can meet that project that, that had already been in flight. In terms of, you know, from a um, engagement perspective with, with the associates we have, I, I think, You're seeing people are using it today and it's more trying to meet them at, you know, what are you beginning to experiment to do your job better and how can we bring the tools at an enterprise level with the appropriate governance so we're providing those tools and, and meeting you halfway. So I think at a corporate strategic level, data analytics, security, and then at the associate level, you know, using different tools, people are experimenting, they're doing that at work, they're doing that at home so it's it's an, an exciting time but it's also an overwhelming time in many ways
0: the the data part and reporting really interests me are, are you talking about predictive analytics or what are you talking about when you, when you say ai with data
1: yeah so so we're talking about combining systems so first of all disparate data systems and you know combining ai with its uh, predictive along with, with big data warehouse capabilities. So it's, it's bringing in data that wouldn't normally um, live together. That would be siloed, number one, and in, in using machine learning and AI to help um, harmonize the data, number one. And then, yes, pull insights, but also return that to the user and visualizations using, um, you know, visualization reader tools to help um, use the data, um, you know, increasingly.
0: There was a book. I think I actually listened to it on on Audible rather than read it. But um, it was called the AI Myth by, I think it was Dan Smith, something like that. And it talked about predictive analytics and, and correlation, not meaning causation. So what I took to mean that that to mean was, it can predict stuff based on the history that you're feeding into it but that doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna predict correctly moving forwards. But I guess the more data you have and the more of a trend you see, the better a judgment you can make from it. But what what does that say about the amount of data you need to have? Because you, you were just mentioning big data, a lot of staffing and recruitment agencies aren't gonna have a huge amount of data.
1: Yeah, I, I think you bring up a good point. The famous book, uh, "The Black Swan," right? Just as as we as humans struggle with, with future predicting, the models are only as good as the data we're feeding them. So I see for, and I would say not just staffing, but anything professional services, you know, by nature, you know, we we have um, a reliance on big vendor data. So I think increasingly you will um, you will see orgs. Marry their data with with larger data insights to begin to pull some of those those predictive um, insights. And I think you know the challenge will be: can we um, train any models to predict black swan events better than we can? Um, I, I think that is still an open question, and I, I think an interesting you know, prospect as as we see some of the models that are coming. Um, you know, there's one at the end of the year that that Google is working on with Gemini um, already you know, touted to be, uh, you know, a larger language model. So I think there's a lot of excitement at, as we as we build up the larger models.
0: What, what would you say, what do you find the most interesting out of all of this? Where, where does it really grip your interest?
1: Well, as a, as a Gen Xer, so I came of age as the internet, you know, first wave, um, you know, kind of came out. And I, I thought that was a exciting time to be alive and to work in tech. Um, And I think in some ways, you know, we're we're going through another time. Um, Economist and writer Tyler Cowen, um, who manages the blog Marginal Revolution, he's been closely monitoring and analyzing AI developments. And he noted, um, we seem to be in what I can only call an AI lull. Um, The initial excitement which started in January has receded. However, he goes on, do not be deceived. While the hype and marketing may have died down, at least on the retail side, the AI revolution marches on and it will be just as transformative as advertised. So for me, this, this feels like another um, movement where everyone will be affected. It will embed into all of the um, techno- technological applications we use from our vehicles to our homes um, and of course to our offices.
0: And what do you predict as what do you predict as having the biggest impact on your recruiters themselves?
1: I, I think the candidate experience, you know, that's been talked about a lot. There are organizations, the talent board, for example, all about candidate experience, it is ripe for um disruption to a level we've not seen before. I think we've seen hints of it, like through referral emails, but with the sophistication that the models can bring to candidate matching, parsing, I I think will be um, incredible over the next five to 10 years. I look forward to it having been in this industry um, as to what's coming. I I think um, the tools will help match candidates to opportunities, you know, better than we've seen and and help with the back office professionals um, find those candidates. And what
0: would you say has been the most challenging thing for you personally in the journey that you've been on so far?
1: I think it's managing the concerns, often which are born out of fear. Some of the ones that we've seen, which I think are are mirrored in the thought leadership, people fear job displacement. They tend to think of displacement versus the, the jobs new technologies will create. Um, I think there's ethical concerns. You know, AI bias is, is certainly something that we all need to, to watch. Misuse, right? You know, AI in the hands of, of the fewer the powerful. Environmental impact, some of the the chips powering AI systems, you know, require a lot of water. Um, and then regulatory legal landscape. I, I think that, that, that also is an area of concern, um, you know, w- who owns the AI content as we've talked about. If there was one
0: overriding tip that you would give to anyone listening to this that is starting on their journey right now, you, you've given some really good advice in terms of um, the the underlying things that people should be working on as they start looking at this. But if there was one key tip that you would give, what would that be? What's the very first thing that uh, an operations person should be considering?
1: Sure. And, and again, I, I think we touched on it before. but. AI is very easy to get lost in the terminology and words. The BBC just had AI A to Z, Um, but I think fall back on your basics, strategy and your project management, like any other technology investment. You know, what what is the problem? What is the budget? Do you have executive buy-in? I think that helps demystify what you're trying to do, brings in the appropriate experts who you may not have um, and then that will allow you to go from there. So that may um, lead to just doing a few pilots or, or it may lead to this is an enterprise initiative. You know, we need to fund it from the top and, and it needs to be a top five, you know, strategic initiative over the next three years for us. But I would say to try not to, um, you know, fall into that, um, you know, chasing the, every, every AI story, but, but to fall back on what you do best.
0: Well, Frank, thank you so much for being on the show today. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much for
1: your tips and guidance. Absolutely. My pleasure and happy to to share additional information.
0: Thank you to our listeners. Please like, subscribe and share and more importantly, let us know if there is someone you would like us to interview on the show and what you would like to hear them talking about. What strategic and or operational changes are you planning to implement in your staffing slash recruitment firm? Lastly, thank you to our sponsor employee providing front and middle office solutions to a range of staffing and recruitment organisations, on the Salesforce platform. That's all for today. James Lawton, signing out.